You're tuned into the Essential House Radio Show. So I've said over the last couple of weeks we've been getting some absolutely fantastic artists, DJs and producers down here and we've been chatting to them. Now this guy is one of the guys who was originally behind the Basement Boys and he was one of the motherfunkers with DJ Spen. Some of the artists and stuff he's worked with are absolutely amazing and he's a really, really nice guy. I love all his productions and we we'll often feature a lot of his productions down here on the show. It is of course Gary Hutchins. We recently caught up with Gary and here's our little chat with him. Essential House. How long have you been involved with the music industry now? Oh, I've been involved with the music industry probably about uh, a long time. Maybe uh, 35 years. Wow. 35 years, man. I've been doing this for a long, long time, man. And having a good time doing it, too. So how did you get involved and how did you get started with it then? Well... It started, I started out as a local musician here in Baltimore. We were in a band called The Grand Jury, which is one of the hottest bands in Baltimore. Right. And I started, that's how I really got started being interested in music, you know. They had fun playing music on stage, the lights, the, the girls, the, the fun and all that. But And then I got, I found out that I had a, uh, a ability to record. I went to my first recording studio maybe about 30 years ago. And I just loved it, man. I loved being in the studio and just making records and making recordings. So it started there. So is that where your passion, your love for the industry came from as well then? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it started there. Well, it, well, actually, to be truthful, it started way before then. My, my mom told me when I was a very, very young boy that when my older brothers and sisters would play the record player, Temptations or Smokey Robinson, I would go over to the the radiators in our house to heat the house and play them as if they were a piano. <laughs> so it was it was it was in me. Unforgettable back then. I just didn't know. It, I didn't cultivate it till years and years later, though. So it was, that's where it really started. You know? Excellent. So who inspires you? Who inspires your music? And obviously, you mentioned the Temptations there. Um, who was your early inspirations? Well, you know, as, as I became. Um, as I tried to become a better keyboard player and piano player, I started listening to a lot of, um, let's see, Santana, with a big inspiration, the group called War, the R&B funk group called War, um, and Earth, Wind, and Fire, they were all inspirations for me. Um, the Ohio players, all of the old funk groups from back, from back in the 70s, really, really got me you know, revved up to really, really want to do this. But then, later on, I actually started working with um, uh, George Clinton and uh, the Parliament Funkadelic. I landed a gig with them back in, uh, say, about 1979, 1980, and I had a chance to travel the world and tour. And I was really pumped after that. Really, really pumped up. Brilliant. Um, so right back up to date, you're doing a lot of stuff, a lot of production stuff with DJ Spen at the moment. How did you end up working with him? Has he been a lifelong friend or is it somebody you came across whilst you were playing the keys? No, well, actually, I met DJ Spen, I guess, back in 19, I would say about 1990. We both worked at Basement Boys Productions, Basement Boys here in Baltimore, Crystal Waters, Officer Mate, and we are working on those projects not really together, but kind of together. You know, I didn't really know him, but we passed each other in the hallway. But one day, um, uh, Teddy Douglas, the, um, the producer from the Basement Boys, had put us in 
the B room, the B studio room together and says, you know, you guys come up with something. And we sat side by side and started coming up with songs, you know, that, 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 that were, you know, pretty, you know, pretty well on the, on the charts. They did pretty well on the charts. And so that, that's what really started us out together. We just were like thrown into the studio together and said, hey, come up with something. Right. And it's been a steady situation from 1990 or so, right up till today. We've been working side by side on everybody's projects. Too many people to name. Say that again. I'm sorry. So it's Teddy Douglas. We've got to thank for the relationship, then. Yes, yeah. Teddy Douglas and the Basement Boys. And you know, although we um, we don't really work with Teddy Douglas as much as we used to, I do I do credit him as well as the Basement Boys with really getting getting me started into the house music scene. I didn't know anything about house music until I met them. And um, I brought in what I knew to the table, which was mostly R&B and uh, a little bit of uh, jazz, got jazz licks and R&B licks. And they they loved it. They loved it. I brought a whole new element to the house music scene. You know, so that's what really got me going in the house music scene. Teddy Douglas, Jay Steinhauer, and Tommy Williams. Brilliant. Um, just before the interview, I've been listening to the the new rework you've just done of the Red Zone project. Everybody, get up! How long did it take you to put that together? Because your remix to me stands out a mile. To be honest, compared to the Dave Morales one, um, it sounds like you've done a lot of work on that. And there's a lot of awesome production gone into it. On a project uh, like that, does it take a while to do? No, it doesn't take long at all. Matter of fact. Um, most of the music, that, well, that put that song in particular probably took me about twenty minutes to put together. Twenty minutes. Is that all? Maybe uh, twenty minutes, not more than half an hour, because because I can, you know, when I listen to the song, um, normally when I get a remix, I'll get it from DJ Stern. He'll hand me the remix that has only the drum beat, the drums that he wants, right. that he puts together, and just the vocals, nothing else. Right. And so, um, I just I always, as a rule, go with the first thing that comes to mind, and I don't I don't sit there and just pour over it and study it a lot, and you know um, I'll listen to it a few times, and and the inspiration will grab me, and I just go with what I the first thing that I hear, and in that particular record, everybody get up, one half an hour, it was done. I send it back to the quantize the Quantize studio for them to finish up. Well, I'm totally surprised that I was expecting you to say, well, I wasn't expecting 20 minutes off and I was expecting a lot longer than that turnaround for it. So is that an, is, is that like an average time for a turnaround for a remix for yourself or do you tend to spend it, a lot longer? It, I wouldn't say it's an average time. It's, it can go a little longer. It does go a little longer. For instance, some, some songs do take a little longer. Um, well, I mean, it may not come right away. I'll listen to the track, and I don't have an inspiration. But I, so then I don't do anything. So I'll drop, I'll drop the track and push it to the sky and work on something else. I may come back at it again the next day. Right. And pow, there it is. That's the inspiration. And then again, it takes about another, maybe an hour or so, maybe two hours if I'm really, really, really um, trying to get a lot of detail into the track. A lot of tracks have a lot of detail and some don't right well I'm, I'm just totally surprised for how quick you've said you can, you can turn around the quality's still there as well the quality's absolutely brilliant um, 
some of my favourite tracks from yourself or part of the Motherfunkers, I've, I still play them out and about nowadays. Are you going to be revisiting the Motherfunkers both years under that name, or is that one of those you've, now you've moved on to your next project? Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I had a conversation with DJ Spin about the Motherfunkers. You know, the Motherfunkers was a project that he and I and... Uh, and just the rest of the folks at Code Red came up with uh, as just another spinoff of the Code Red recording label. Yeah. <clears throat> but what it, what actually happened was some folks had hijacked the name and they were actually booking themselves as the Motherfunkers, but they weren't not actually the Motherfunkers. Right. And we had a whole legal situation with that, you know. That kind of just made us put the whole Motherfunkers project on the side now as far as bringing it up again I don't think it's, it may not happen anytime I'm soon we may bring it up again and we may not it's just sitting on the back burner just sitting there you know what, what are we going to do with this thing uh, who knows the answer who knows well, uh, I hope you do say they were absolutely fantastic releases I think I've got most of them on vinyl as well um at the moment, over in the States, there seems to be like a big, massive EDM scene seems to be blown up. Um, what do you think of all the EDM stuff compared to what you're playing? Obviously, I know it's two completely different genres, but do you think it's good for house music in general, or do you think some of the stuff that's a lot of, it's very, to me, a lot of it seems quite very underproduced, um, and it doesn't seem as though it's got the, it doesn't seem as though there's any soul to some of it? I don't know how you feel about that. Well, you know, I, I, I really hadn't thought about it a lot. But, you know, basically, I just stay focused on, on what I'm doing. You know, I I do I do listen to a lot of other artists and a lot of other music from from, um, from the other production houses around the world. But I don't really, really focus because... And the, reason, and the reason why I don't do that is because I don't want to be influenced too much by other um, productions. You know, I want... Everything that we do out of the Quantize label and out of the Taj Mahal, that's the name of my studio here in Baltimore, Taj Mahal Recording Studio. Everything to be fresh and not not um, swayed by any other production. You know, everything I want, I want everything that we do to be totally from our own heart, not being from by anybody else. But so I don't really have a real answer for you for that question, except for the fact that. I, I just really focus on what we're doing here and that's pretty much it. Uh, there are a lot of other producers and out there do I, that I do like. I do, I really do like a lot of, a lot of producers like, um, at Jazz, um, I really like the stuff that they do there, you know, the, the, the quality of the, you know, excellent quality studio and the ideas are very, very nice. Um, I like, I, you know, there's a lot of other, I don't want to drop a whole lot of names, but, yeah, I have a team with a few artists that I really like especially, you know, but I don't want to go off and chew their music a lot. I don't want to be influenced by it too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so talking about the studio as well, what type of equipment have you got in your studio? Um, are you playing off analog gear? Are you using a lot of analog? Or is everything all computer-based as well? Well, my studio here in Baltimore, Todd Hall, is really a free production studio. And what I mean by that is we don't finish up a lot of projects. We start them here. We, uh, everything is started. Almost, almost every track for Quantize is started here in Taj Mahal Studios in Baltimore. Uh, we, it's completely digital. We use uh, Cubase 
software. You know, we tried a lot of other software. eBay Spin and I, we have the exact same software, the exact same plugin, so that whatever I do here at the studio, when I finish it and wrap it up, I email it to his studio, and he opens it up in his studio. It'll be exactly the same thing oh, that I had here. So, um, but we do use I use Behringer mixers, um, Behringer speakers, um, a millennium from preamps and things like that. But we don't have any outboard gear, anything heavy duty like that in this studio here. It's just completely digital and automated and very, very sparse. You know, if you were to come in my studio, you would, you would say like, wow, that's all you have? Right. Yep. Every, everything is in the box. Brilliant. So I was, I was expecting you to see it, obviously with the keys and stuff like that, loads of massive uh, keyboards and all that type of... <laughs> well, I do have a lot of keyboards. I, I didn't kind of enough to that. But I do use Yamaha equipment. I use that Yamaha Motif uh, synthesizer keyboards. I have an um, a old Korg Triton from back in the day that I just absolutely love. Absolutely love this old keyboard, but it is one of the fattest keyboards out there. Right. And um, I do have some um, cord micro synthesizers, but I also use a lot of the uh, keyboards and sounds that are in the software. Right. Which are very good. Very good. Okay. So whereabouts for a lot of the tracks do the vocals come from? Do they come down to your studio? Or do a lot of the artists just record the, tr the vocals at their own studio and fire them over to yourself? No, no, no. Um, Pre-production... Um, the vocals are either already cut, say for instance, we just finished the um, Don Coleman and Gianni Jr. track, the track called Why. Uh, those, two, those tracks were already cut at a studio that they use. Um, um, if there's studio, if there's studio uh, vocal work, I should say, that needs to be cut here in Baltimore, we use um, Blacklist Studio, DJ Rachel Lewis. Right. He cuts a lot of the vocals for us. His studio is uh, a finished uh, soundproof studio that's suitable for vocal work. My studio here is not soundproof because everything is done in, in the pre-production mode and digital. So. Brilliant. Um, so I'm guessing you've got quite a few projects on the go at the moment as well. Oh yeah, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I am just about to start. I, as soon as we finish our conversation here, uh, I will be starting a brand new track from at least from my at least from my right. um, I, I just opened it up last night they, uh, they sent it to me I can't tell you the name right now I can't divulge <laughs> too much because it's kind of classified but um, you listen for the new, the next track from DJ Stanley Daily Heaven quantized uh, recordings um um, by um, Alisa Myers Brilliant. coming right up and of course we don't we just finished up the um, the MacArthur Park by Tracy Hamlin have you heard that yet? Um, no I haven't I haven't got that one yet but I will be looking on track oh, for it I mean it, it's nice that track there is um, completely uh, how can I say it completely hand built we didn't we didn't sample anything it's, it's completely orchestrated through um, the keyboard and we get these real horns, real bass guitar, and real um, six-string guitar. But this, now that track, we're talking about track that take a long time. That was the one track that's the exception. It took me about hmm, 
maybe two days to do that particular check. Right. Particular check because it's extremely detailed. But when you get to listen, you hear the difference between that and some of the more sparse facts that we do. Great. I'll definitely be, I'll be getting on track source and downloading that then. Um, so whereabouts can people find more information on yourself, your studio, your productions, everything basically? Well, um, I, you can go to, you can check out my um, complete catalog at uh, www.discogs.com, D-I-S-C-O-G-S.com, and just type my name in the um, search box. I have everything that I've ever done with any with everybody from the beginning. My entire catalog of um, tracks that I did not only with collaborated um, DJ Spin and Basement Boys, but stuff that I did with George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, Michael Jackson, um, Lenny Kravitz. It's all there. It's all there. So you can do that. Uh, I have a bio. You can go to my bio. Just go to Google.com and just Google my name. Everything will come up. Excellent. You know, um, you'll find out my entire bio. You know, it's pretty simple. It's not very lengthy, but it's kind of chronological. It just, you know, tells the story of everything that I've done, people who I've worked with, that I enjoy, TV Wonder and folks like that. On the 10 faces. So basically, you've worked with everybody who's everybody who's just unbelievable at writing songs and producing is there anybody that you would like to work with that you haven't worked with so far well yeah I, you know, I really would like to work with Quincy Jones right I really would like to work with Quincy Jones and one of my favorite production groups that I wouldn't be able to work with now would have been Ashford and Simpson yeah I, I really love them you know um, I, I get a lot of inspiration George George Duke the late George Duke has been a really, really big influence on the way that I play keyboard. Right. It's the way that I play it. I don't play any of his music, but his style and the way that he approaches the keyboard and the sound that he uses has been a tremendous influence on the way that I play. As a matter of fact, I was going to get here in Baltimore and um, uh, um, a stranger came up to me and said, hey man, you know, you sound like George Duke. And, then, and I mean, I was so amazed he said that. I'm like, oh, wow. What a compliment. So, yeah. Um, those are some people that I would like to work with. Some of them I'm not able to. Um, some of the people in the house, um, the music player I'd like to work with would be like, I'd like to work with Ed Jazz, baby, in the studio with him. You know, one-on-one, we could learn something from each other. Um, Joey Negro, I'd like to do some work with him. Uh, this, you know, the list goes on and on. I work with just about anyone, though. You know, anybody that's anybody. I'm sure I'll be able to learn something from them and teach them a thing or two. You know, I like I said, I've been in business a long time. I think I have a lot to share. Check out EssentialHouseRadioShow.com for all the latest information on the show. One absolutely genuine guy. Really, real, real big pleasure talking to him. So very often you get a chat to someone who you've grown up listening to, listening to all their productions, and they've helped influence what we do down here on the show. So massive thanks again to Gary Hutchins there. Make sure you do check out some of the old Mother Funker stuff and also the old Basement Boys, and just keep an eye out. Type your snake into track source. Honestly, there's millions and millions of tracks come up that he's been involved with. We continue down here on this week's Essential House Radio Show. www.essentialhouseradioshow.com